This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to First Time Dads. I am Richard Innes. And I'm Steve Mile. Uh, so today we thought we would cover an issue that affects, well, everybody um, who has kids, because when you have kids, it is a well-known fact that your social life essentially goes out the window, uh, which brings us to today's guest. Yes, today um, we're delighted to welcome Hannah Saunders, who r- runs a business called Big Fish Little Fish, which I think Hannah, w- welcome Hannah, I'm right in, right in saying is uh, kind of an opportunity for people that like to go clubbing before they had kids to go clubbing but take their kids indeed this doesn't sound, it. sound like a very obvious thing that can even possibly happen but hopefully you can tell us about it works. well we call it a family rave and i am a very i have two children myself who are now six and seven um and i was a i was a club goer of many a raver if you like of many years standing many decades standing and uh once i had the children as you say the world changes um and things are more difficult to do in that sort of way but one of the things i actually found was that there were places we could enjoy together such as festivals so that inspired me from my experience both being a parent of very young children as they were at the time um and and my love of clubbing wanting to share that love with them that this was something I could create which we could join together and it really struck a chord with people so we hold them at weekend afternoons we have great DJs amazing music uh, it's all things like drum and bass and techno but we do it like a multi-sensory dance floor so we've got glitter cannons and giant balloons and bubbles and parachute dance and it all comes together on the dance floor for older kids we have craft and little baby chill out areas and things like that and it's just a space where parents and children can enjoy themselves together which was in part my answer to the question you posed at the beginning of like what happened to your social life what can you do it does go out the window now there's other things we'll talk about I'm sure about um, what you can do but my partial answer to that was bring your social life into bring your family into the social environment and so it's for everybody to enjoy of all ages so it sounds like I mean from, from, from my point of view you know I've been clubbing you know in my in my younger days and I've been to festivals I wouldn't necessarily say I was a raver but it sounds like you were a pretty pretty committed to that kind of lifestyle in a way that I wasn't so was it an enormous shock to your system when you suddenly <laughs> couldn't you know whack on the glitter put your whistle <laughs> in your top pocket and head down to like you know fabric on, um, a, on a weekend well, the the lack of not being able to be that spontaneous was was a change. Yeah. Um, having said that, I also might had my children in my early forties, so I'd had quite a long time to do a lot of going out and a lot of fun. But fundamentally, I have this sort of love of music and there's lots of things I can't do I can't drive I can't ride a bike all these sorts of things that you like to pass on to your children in some way you know I can't play the piano or anything um, but I really love 
dancing and enjoying music and that just became this one of the things I actually wanted to pass on that and that enjoyment of having a good time mm. basically to children and this was a way of doing it so and it's been great through through setting up Big Fish Little Fish I have got to meet all these DJs and dancers like these fantastic people mm. people like Alex Patton of the Orb you know Liquid he did Sweet Harmony uh, Two Bad Mice who did Bomb Scare um, it's, yeah so it's been it's completely different mm. and I don't go out you know in the evenings in the same sort of way so much but that yeah. the essence of loving music is there and it's something I can share with my it's children reminding me, sorry Steve, it's reminding me that um, and I suppose this is part of a bigger conversation it's reminding me that actually we are still who we are we still have the loves yeah. and the passions we've always had and I think what's great about what you're doing is actually allowing parents to experience those things to remind themselves that this is what this is stuff I love this and whether it be you know whether it be through the music which is your passion or maybe it's football for some other yes. people or maybe it's tv or maybe it's books or maybe whatever it might be yeah. but it's having that ability to say this is something I'm about this is something I still love and finding a way to share that with your child I think that's the point isn't it that absolutely nails it and I yeah. think that's one of the reasons that it it became something that felt people quite thought evangelical about when they come along it's just sort of lovely and also you know particularly after you first have a baby there's lots of sleep deprivation mm. there's quite a loss of self mm. um, and this is a way to help you reconnect mm. with that um, and be that because and it's one of the nice things we see on the dance floor is actually particularly as the children get a little bit older you know mm. the threes and fours and five year olds is they just enjoying seeing their parents mm. happy yeah. and, that, and it's, yeah, lovely. Yeah. it's like mm. this two way flow of like happiness and lovely yeah. and it sort of shows that relaxing and being social is a really important part to us as humans mm. to yeah. be human so mm. um, anyways that's it's a new, it's, I guess it's a new sort of social life isn't it because I, I imagine that when you were going out prior to having children in the wee small hours you were with people and children weren't there so you changed the, uh, presumably there's not a queue at like you know midnight of a load of um, you know upper baby buggies with their hoods up outside a nightclub somewhere in like deepest darkest South London um, imagine it happens at different times of the day right. it's uh, we do it on Saturday or Sunday weekends afternoons um, okay. between about two and uh, four in the afternoon um, we, we one of our strap lines is two to four hour party people like the old 24 hour party people yeah. which is the only amount of time you can party for when you're tired and sleep deprived um, but also uh, it's it's timed specifically and again this was informed by my understanding of what it's like to have young children it's post toddler nap time and before the witching hour when all kids go mental at five o'clock yeah, yeah. um, so it's kind of when very young children are at their best yes. if you like and perhaps parents are too at that point um, so that's why and it's all been carefully thought through and it was absolutely informed by my experience as a parent and my family mm. and it was entirely designed about what I liked doing with them that I could see they could enjoy as well because mm. so I think there is an issue that, to go back to what we were just discussing before about the kind of doing something that the parent likes mm. I think mm. we, we keep talking about guilt the kids seems to come up in every everything and maybe this is mm more my, my thing than anything else but this idea of feeling guilty for wanting to do something for yourself or for wanting to do something that interests you or that you're passionate about because there's that feeling that as a parent you have to everything has to be about the child and almost if you're kind of doing anything that focuses on you in some way that somehow you're 
not being a good parent yeah. in that sense. So I think this is really important, this idea that actually, no, this is okay. You can do this. you can do things which are maybe something you want to do first and foremost, as long as you integrate your child mm. and say that here you go, this is this is how mummy and daddy enjoy themselves and then it becomes something you can yeah, share. Yeah, I guess it's a good halfway house, isn't it, between mm. going to soft play with your kid, which your kid which definitely you wants to do and you hate, <laughs> uh, and going out for a nice meal with your wife without your child, yeah. without having to like race your food down at like 100 miles an hour, not knowing whether your child is go- also going to eat or whether they're going to have two mouthfuls. Or that time bomb effect where you're sitting in Pizza Express and you're thinking, please don't go mental, please don't go it's, mental, please don't yeah. go That's mental. That's exactly okay. it. Oh, and you're eating really quickly. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. And it doesn't mean by doing something like coming along to Big Fish, Little Fish, it doesn't mean you don't do those other no. things as well because of course you still can. Yeah. It's just it's just something else you can have as well that mm. is different and about all of you enjoying yourselves in a, in a guilt-free way um, and uh, that's I often say a lot of things that are described as uh, family friendly mm. are actually 100% child orientated mm. which is great yeah, I do yeah. loads of things yeah. like that with my kids always have done yeah. you know and I was exactly in the same place as you when they were little babies about like oh my god I need to take them out to all these baby groups otherwise they'll, they'll their development will stall and I'll be a terrible parent yeah. but oh, I can't get out of the house because yeah. I haven't had any sleep for a week um, so it's it, it's that really so when I say it's a family rave that's because mm. it's meant for all the family to enjoy and mm. it's in, inspired by rave and Hannah action. do you still go out without you know without your kids to the odd night out which is sort of a, a hark back to the pre-kid hedonism um, the proper rave extremely rarely <laughs> um, I'm much more likely to because I like all sorts of music and I, I've managed very fortunately I've been to a few uh, gigs in the last couple of weeks which has been great yeah. where have you been? Um, I saw the Charlotte I live in Brixton so I saw the Charlatans at Brixton Academy great. I saw Future Islands okay. also at Brixton Academy see that's because it's nice and quick and easy to get to it's just a walk down my yeah. road um, and I also went to see Orbital nice. over in Hammersmith Apollo oh, and that now the, the thing about Orbital that was quite funny it's like all my all my babysitting options fell apart for Orbital and so uh, suddenly I was like okay so I, I my boyfriend David he he I, he said I'll go to the, I'll go to the Hammersmith and I'll just sell the tickets I said well no you go so I want to you know and so I sent him off and but I sort of put a pathetic thing out on Facebook saying oh everything is there any way you could possibly help me oh. um anybody around can help anybody got babysitting you know yeah. all that stuff. um but it's fine I it was fine I'm, I, I was sat with the kids and then all of a sudden my my best friend Juliet phoned up and she said, I've just realised, I've been racking my mind about finding a babysitter, but you just need someone to take care of the kids, don't you? I said, well, yeah. She goes, I will come round, pick them up, take them back to my house, and they can have a sleepover. Right. So I put the phone down, turned to my kids and said, emergency sleepover, Auntie Jules's. <laughs> and my daughter turned to me, she goes, I knew that was going to be exciting. They, It was like the most thrilling thing that had ever happened yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, I quickly phoned my boyfriend, leave a message, and say, oh, don't, don't sell the ticket, I'm coming, I'm going to get there. <laughs> The party will happen. Save the rain. It just you know? takes a and bit also more effort, doesn't it? They're out of the house then. <laughs> yeah. So you and it your boyfriend brilliant. can come back and you know have a glass of wine or whatever. It was, well, it was brilliant. We went to Orbital, which who yeah. were amazing, by the way. I've been seeing them for twenty years, and they yeah. always blow me away. Um, and then and bumped into small friends of mine in the in the huge crowd, which was quite exceptional. And then uh, got back, and we, we were just getting back to the house, and we said. 
pub's still open. We could have another drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's it, isn't it? It's kind of trying to seize those moments. They take they're much. It's much harder to. I mean, I suppose that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? It's much harder to organise those moments that's right. because they can't yeah. happen spontaneously anymore. Yeah. But when those opportunities arise, you've got to grab them. Yeah. So yeah. my um, my son Ben's nine months old, and last yeah, just a few days ago, because we're recording this just before Christmas. Um, just a few days ago, my wife was due to go and see all her friends, and they have she's got a sort of very tight group of friends, and they have this mm-hmm. annual sort of Christmas meetup where they all sit together and have a few glasses of wine and have a chat, and as people do. And she was talking about taking Ben. And I, said, and I was sitting, I wasn't doing anything. I'm sitting at home, and I said, "So that's mental." And she said, "Oh yeah, but you know da, da, about his sleep and his nap and his feeds." I said, "I'll sort it out. I'll figure it out. Go and have your yeah. thing because well you know it's like she hasn't so she I hasn't know. had anything like that for months." And I months know how this story ends as well, don't I? Well, <laughs> yeah, here's me saying, oh, it's all brilliant. Oh, Steve knows the reality because I've told him. Which the reality was, I couldn't get Ben to sleep because he goes to sleep with a breastfeed. Oh, and I, so I was yeah. trying my level best, and we had some express milk, and I was doing, and I tried three or four times, and in the end, I said, I thought, sod it, and we just went and sat on the sofa together and watched TV. And like any time we tried to kick off, I said, you can just butt me because yeah. you're getting to stay up late. So shush. You see, we had this as well, Zoe and I, uh, my wife, when. Uh, we knew there was a wedding coming up that Zoe wanted to go to that involved her, you know, being away, and he was breastfeeding, yeah. um, and also she was going to go back to work and things. So we had to kind of like see this coming in the distance mm-hmm. and, and practice. So we had a few practice practices where she would go out for a few hours and then come back, to working up to the point where she could then go for this wedding at two o'clock in the afternoon and not be expected back till midnight. Um, and, and we tried it at my mother-in-law's house uh, and uh, mother-in-law went out to the theatre Zoe went to the cinema and I was in the house with Jackson from about 5 in the afternoon till about 11 and it was probably the longest <laughs> hours of my life I mean I, I opened a bottle of wine so I had something to sustain me between these crying you know putting him down and crying it, it was awful I won't I won't lie to you uh, but we did it we went yeah. through it and he eventually went to sleep. It was hard, hard work. And once you've done it, and once you get that result, it's like the, the euphoria of living, I can do because this. Because it's a bit I of freedom as well. Yeah. And I suppose that's the difference, isn't it? Because actually the, the story Steve and I are telling here are both about, about the same thing essentially, is about the sort of almost biological, physical tie to, yeah. Yeah. to a child's mother. facilitating so, them to have yeah, a life. exactly. So actually while dads, and you know, bearing in mind this is a podcast about dads mm. primarily, we all have the option, you know, if you've got an understanding wife or partner or girlfriend or whoever it may be, who says, yeah, okay, you, and you say in advance, look, on Thursday night, I'm going to go and have a couple of beers with my mates. And, and she may say, that's fine, yeah, cool, all right, wicked. It's not as easy for the mum. Not because, and it's not, that's not a gender thing, that's a biological, logistical thing. Yeah, if, if, if the mum's feeding. If the mum is feeding. If the mum, now obviously there's a, lot of, there's a lot of women who don't feed for all manner of reasons, but if the mum is breastfeeding, that then puts it it's, in terms of social life and what we're talking about here. That then puts such a spanner in the works, doesn't it? And that's uh, that was my experience with me and David. Now, David, my partner, he's a, a an extremely hands-on dad, as you are, and all the rest of it. And I was saying before we started this that actually, after uh, our second son was born, when he was a year old, um, David actually gave up work and became the primary caregiver so that I could concentrate on building the business. So he was, but 
when they were very very tiny babies we were in that sort of situation you've just described where I was breastfeeding and therefore and I couldn't express breast milk very well so I was very very you know was very yeah. much tied you were literally locked to your children even yeah. that then though and then of course so you could still do a little bit like I you know as you just described bit going out in turns but going out together was a real rarity mm. and that can be really difficult then because you know everything's different and you know relationships can suffer because of it um but we've talked about it's it's all in the planning and actually with my my eldest my daughter when she was born i actually went out to a gig that was at the end of my road with with david when she was three weeks old and i planned it it was actually my favorite band in the world called uh pete and the pirates and i'd say it was in the brixton windmill which was literally a three minute walk from my house um i got exact stage times I got friends to come around to my house. I had one of my oldest friends come around. I fed, I fed my daughter until she was absolutely. I fed her, fed her, fed her, fed her. Literally, she's I was just like, "You're going to do it." She's just like, I could see it like blowing, <laughs> blowing up like this. You know, it's like she's putting on about two yeah, pounds yeah. of weight, and, and she's just until she, she was absolutely, she was milk drunk. She was like, yeah, "No, yeah. no, you're not enough yet." Not enough yet. <laughs> and uh, all that. Then as soon as my baby was absolutely sound asleep, left with my very trusted friend Dom and um, me and three friends, David and a, a couple of mates went out, saw the, like, I think it was 90 minutes to set. We arrived, we drank a glass of wine, of course, because I hadn't been drinking for months and months, that made me quite Wasted. tipsy. I was dancing on tables. Uh, we were wow. singing all the songs. I had my photograph taken my arm around the lead singer. Uh, and then we went back home. <laughs> How long were you at the house? I was at the house for, uh, it was an hour and three quarters. <laughs> Um, that is efficient so I would be back in time for the next feed if there was no way that is ultra efficient socialising that's that's insane I think that sounds like the key though you need to push yourself into the environment there's no point in sitting at home and waiting for the right moment to socialise there will always be an excuse when you have a baby in the house a a small child in the house there will always be an excuse to not do something in in terms of the social we've spoken about this before in terms of the way things prioritise you know in the sense that when we were talking about relationships with your partner sometimes that suffers because the two things by necessity that become the standouts are looking after your kid and going to work because those are the two things you can't avoid you have to do those so you kind of factor things around that and sometimes your relationship with your partner suffers because that kind of naturally doesn't get the same attention. Yeah. But it's the same thing in the social life, if anything, is yeah. number four in that yeah. list because yeah. that's always the thing that can get bumped to the side. Oh, no, oh, he's got a cold or Especially oh, no, she's feeling like that. Yeah, oh, actually, do you know what? So that we'll just stay in. Yeah, we're uh, talking they'll, about... they'll understand. How many times have you said that? Oh, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll understand. We can't make it because, you know... Yeah. Da, 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 da. Well, it's, it's, look, do you really want to go and the kind of the complex sort of transportation and feeding and... It's like, is it worth it versus isn't it worth it in terms of that? But I think I was talking to a friend well, before I became a dad <coughs> and I observed how people's social lives change. I'm a very strong believer in is everybody's got some, a friend who when you've made arrangements, you get an 11th hour cancel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you always know who it's going to be. Yeah. You know who you, you are. Know, yeah, you know, if you're listening, you know who you are. Um, and I think when you become parents, those people that were the 11th hour cancellors are going to be the 11th hour parent cancellors. Whereas those ones that always turn up, that always go that extra mile, that will travel a distance, will put themselves out, as parents, those will be the ones that will do that as well. You don't suddenly change 
personality. Mm. It's like that thing where you go to university as a, as a fresher. Like if you were really, you know, uh, a kind of quiet, shy person at school, you're not suddenly going to become like student union uh, events president yeah, yeah. overnight just by going to university. Yeah. There's something in it. You might change slightly through the process. Um, and I think you, you kind of just have to put yourself in a social environment. If you want a social life, you want a social life and you'll find a way of doing it. Yeah, and uh, do you know, I never thought of it like that, but that's really right. Because I, I had a, when I lived, I lived in Camden for like 15 years before I moved to Brixton and I had like the, the party house. I was the house that everybody always ended up at and things like that. And because that was another thing I was going to say is the other way to you know, try and uh, retain a social life and connections with other people so you don't end up into a sort of very isolated hole is actually bring the party to you. Yes. Um, you know, we had big parties for both of my kids at our house, barbecues and things for like their yeah. naming days. We didn't do Christmas, but naming days. And we do an annual New Year's Eve party where everybody comes with their kids yeah, nice. to our house. And everybody does it. And, and uh, we have um, people <coughs> give sort of baseball spaces, but they can stay overnight, some of the people with yeah. kids as well and things like that. So it's about, it was about coordinating so people came to yeah. us as well. Because I think it's really important for children, you know, coming back mm. to the guilt thing. It's not just about you staying connected, but it's actually important to show to children the importance of oh, sharing and things. Childcare is much things. more easy, I think, if you've got a group of kids and a group of parents. Because somehow, if you've got like two kids and four adults, it's not, you're not, it's just easier. Mm. Because their kids will play with themselves. Uh, with each other, with each other, so they're almost looking after each other a little bit of it, and you're just observing, and it's it's exactly. it's like one, you know, you're taking it turns to look after it's like two. Seventies parenting yeah. is what we call it okay. when we all need to herd together. Because yeah. that's another thing. You also you all meet, you will also start a new social circle as well, on top of your old one, which are the parents that you meet in mm. various groups and things, yeah. uh, which might be well be more local than yeah. um, than your, your friends yeah. um, elsewhere from way back when yeah. um, and so that's been great as well but yeah we say yeah. when we get together and we have like you know we might have a you know an afternoon or you yeah. know something that it's it's a bit like a 70s childhood in that all the kids are just like oh, here you go here's a few toys have some fun mm. don't don't kill each mm. other <laughs> and uh, we all sit over here and have a chat yeah. and uh, you know you keep half an hour on them but it's lovely it's yeah. the type of socialising as well isn't it because sort of to that point you know like in the old days Sort of before any of us had kids, you would have been in the pub or you'd have gone clubbing or you'd have yeah. done whatever. And now socialising amounts to okay, let's all, we're all going to sit in the front room and have a cup of tea and maybe a beer and maybe a glass of wine yeah. uh, while we're sitting around and letting the kids do their thing. And I've I've sort of come to terms with that quite quickly actually, and in a weird sort of way, maybe because I'm a boring old fart heart, I kind of quite like mm-hmm. it. You know, you made the point, Hannah, that um, you'd had a lot, you'd had a long run at kind of raving and clubbing <laughs> before before you got into before you got became a parent. I'd, and I, I kind of feel I'd the same had way. My share, yeah, exactly. You know, I'd had yeah, my yeah, share. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. That I, I mean, I had, a, I mean, the, the job I used to work in, I used to work in magazines, and I used to do some crazy stuff. And I've been all over the world doing mental stuff. And I, I, I had a, a good decade of really like hedonistic nonsense. Yeah. Um, and so I got to a point where, actually, do you know what? This kind of slightly more quiet life, I don't mind it because I've got it all out of my system. Because yeah. I did it all. Absolutely. And um, now that I'm sort of married and i got a kid, and actually I don't think I've mentioned this on a podcast before, I'm teetotal as well. So I used to, I used to drink an enormous amount, like far too much. And then about a year and a half ago, I just sort of thought, actually, I'm going to take a bit of a pause on this because 
it was getting a little, and this was before my wife just before my wife got pregnant actually mm-hmm. which may or may not be a coincidence but I didn't know we were having a baby at that point I just sort of thought I'm just going to put pause on this because this is getting a bit out of hand and then a month went by and then two months and then three months and actually I was like I don't actually miss this I'm alright mm-hmm. and I was feeling so much better in myself physically mentally all the rest of it mm-hmm. I thought actually I'm better off yeah. without it um, and so I haven't had a drink in more than a year and a half and it, it, so I've never had a drink in the time that I've had a kid and that's another thing as well because that's actually quite interesting I sometimes when I'm getting up in the morning I'm pulling myself out of bed and I'm thinking oh my god because it's early and he's mm-hmm. gone off again and I sometimes think to myself how do people do this with hangovers I used to have nightmare hangovers and I've never had to, I mean this is so bizarre that I'm, I have a nine month old kid and I've never had to get up with a hangover with a kid but I know what hangovers are like because I used to get really bad ones and I just don't get maybe you two can enlighten me because I do not understand how anybody manages I think you just crack on yeah. You yeah, just no you, choice. You just you just get on with it. You've yeah. got you've got no you know what it's like any sort of hangover, even with or without a kid, you know what you're getting into. You know you're gonna have a hangover. So you're making a conscious decision to get to get a hangover and you know you've got a kid. So there's no point waking up with a hangover and going, Oh my god, this is awful because you knew what you were doing in the first instance. You just have to push on through. It's all self inflicted, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It what is. about you? What's and your also, tips? Oh, my tips. Well, it's helpful if you do have a partner and you try and make a decision at you know, midnight going, I'll carry drunk. on drinking yeah. and you won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Dave, Dave always tells the story that every year at our New Year's Eve party at about one o'clock in the morning, I always make some like grand statement about, that's all right, darling. I'll get up and take care of the kids in the morning. Don't you worry. And so then he realises at three o'clock in the morning that ain't going to happen. <laughs> he goes to bed. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, but everybody's heard the grand statement yeah, from yeah, me, yeah, you yeah. know. And I mean it at the time when I say it um, so yeah I mean I don't drink anywhere near the amount I used to um, is, is one thing because actually the couple of times when I have had a proper headachey hangover mm. it's been very very hard but mostly yes it's it's if it's a mild one it's just like kind of like as you say you just push on through it's partly because you know um you know, particularly when they're babies, when you first start and all the rest of it, the amazing amount, the huge amount of sleep deprivation going on, you're not drinking then. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you know you can cope on absolute autopilot. Right. Um, so, and it's, it's, it's one of those things, actually, I could realise I could cope with the sleep deprivation children because of all the decades of clubbing beforehand. Yeah, yes. In some ways, I was like, this like, seems familiar, this sleep deprivation. I thought that before, actually, in terms of, the, sometimes, you know, when you're kind of figuring out how little sleep you've had, and that sometimes the thing that almost makes it okay for me is, well, yeah, I mean, that's just like if I had been out on a night out, on a big night out, because yeah. I either got back in at four, and then I might work up at eight, and so that's only four hours. And, so I don't know, and you start almost trying to rationalise yeah. it in that way. Well, it's not that bad, because I've done it all before. It's a responsibility that changes. That's though, the thing, yeah, like When we look around our office, and mentioning no names again, there are people that, you know, clearly enjoy a very active social life, <laughs> but they're in their probably early 20s and they don't have the responsibilities of you know feeding clothing making safe and another yeah. human being mm. so you know you or even job responsibilities in the same way so it's it's you know you can sort of i don't know what soft pedal your way through the day in in that environment but it's a bit more difficult to do as a parent although i i, I look after jackson on a friday and i've woken up or come back from a mate's house having slept at his and taken over childcare with having you know maybe three hours sleep maybe once and um, I took him swimming it was great it was the best thing because you are exercising you're circulating you're getting the circulation going yeah yeah. and uh, you know I walked in the fresh cool cold air to the baths and back again and then I was saying 
do you want to sleep? He had his sleep and then we both went down <laughs> for an afternoon <laughs> sleep. It was brilliant. It was brilliant for very different reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, um, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, I suppose what we're, I'm trying to think what we're, what we're summarising here as a conclusion in yeah. terms of what you do with it. With we're all very... Just, we're, we're all sort of, we've done our partying how, yeah. in, in one way. So we've got a lot of it out of our system. I think it would be an interesting to hear from... Um, very young dads mm. uh, or young parents who are in their early 20s and have become parents yeah. who yeah. who's uh, still going through that process so you know drop us an email at first time dads I'm thinking about my, I mean my own parents I think my, my, my I'm one of four and I think I'm right in saying the first one came along when my dad was 21 22 maybe I'm not sure something but it was, he was certainly in his very early 20s and that's an interesting thing because when I think of what I was like when I was 21 22 you haven't had that chance to get out of your system. You haven't mm. kind of had all those experiences mm. that then allow you to... Because I, I think, you know, I, I, so I had my first kid when I was, what, 36, 35, 36. And you think... And I, if you'd have said that to me when I was 25, I'd have thought, oh, God, that's, oh, but that's too old. You know, you need to get mm. started earlier. But now that I'm here, I think, thank God for that. You know, because <laughs> now I'm, I'm sort of, you know, the person yeah. I am or whatever. You know, you get a bit of wisdom over time and all that. And I... I think I'd have been a terrible father when I was 25, to be honest with you. Whereas now, hopefully, I'm a bit better um, because because you have all that because yeah, you yeah, get yeah. it out of the way. You set it in the context of, of you're kind of a bit of an older person, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And then the social life does just change and become different. And well, I suppose that you have to all become the spontaneity, as we've said a few times now. The spontaneity just yeah. goes. One thing I do notice about being a dad and going out and socialising, especially when you go out with your partner, is there is this added. Fifty pound cost on top of your meal or your cinema tickets or anything, which is the the, the B word, the babysitter word. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I don't know what it's like elsewhere in the country, but it ain't cheap in London. And it's it's you know, it, I sometimes think I could become a babysitter because you know, you make a do, bloody fortune. You make a fortune, yeah, five nights a week. Mm. We, we actually couldn't afford a babysitter for like the first three years at mm. all because our finances were so racked by various things um so occasionally i mean i've mentioned about a couple of friends taking care of the kids mm. that was once mm. a while um my uh, our parents generation are they don't live anywhere near london so i didn't no. have anybody to call on and they're getting elderly um so there were those sorts of problems as well so yeah we for the first few years we we barely went out mm. together at all um, it's hard, isn't it? I it's mean, very hard. I've just found it very nice. A couple, couple of things have changed recently, and I still coordinate much with my friends. I've got the new parent friends I made, and yep. we try and have like little babysitting circles. Mm -hmm. Also, good news, as your children get older, they sometimes get sleepovers at friends' houses. Yeah. One yeah. to look, out, look yeah. forward to. Yeah. Look forward to that yeah. one. Um, but I have both... Uh, the, I, I've found through friends of friends and things I've got a very nice young sort of classic teenage babysitter who's much cheaper than normal and she's lovely she's so sensible great. and great yeah. um, so that's brilliant but also I've now got the uh, new bubble babysitting app which I think is really good actually yeah, because I've found, I've found I've found I've tried other sort of online communities mm. and forums before and haven't found them very easy to use or for whatever reason just a bit tricky but you know and I'm not yeah, particularly tech literate but mm. I actually thought it was really good. I've used them a couple of times. We're, we're getting to that point now where Ben being like, so Ben is obviously a bit younger than, than Steve's boy Jackson, and we're only just getting to that point now where we're starting to think about babysitters and yeah. going out and stuff. I mean, this I'm sure lots of other parents will sympathise with this, but Ben being about nine months old, mm -hmm. seemingly this is peak separation anxiety time. So bless him. Like my mum my and dad, we're lucky. They, they live on the other side of London, but they're close enough that they can come over and try and help. And my mum, bless her, she's got, 
eight other grandkids. So she's got plenty of experience in this field. So she's coming over and saying, right, let me take him for the day and you guys can go out. And he just won't have it at the moment. He just won't have it. And when we're, when we're both there and his grandma's in the room, good as gold, and he's really happy to see his grandma, the moment he thinks his mum is walking away, bang, he goes, but explodes. Do you, but you have you, to do it, though. Yeah, but do, do you, it, have you done that, though? Well, she's tried that, yeah, so she's tried to go upstairs and, and shut the door and just left it, but he's just, he just goes nuts but, and nuts and he just keeps going. But you need to just go. Yeah. Because we went, when I was, when I, I have some friends who got a very young girl, and we went on holiday together, and we all wanted to go, we, there was only one child with us, and we need a babysitter because we wanted to go. So we found a local babysitter, this is abroad, um, recommended by the person that owned the villa. And baby got put to sleep, little girl got put to sleep, and uh, we all went out, and we were like, the mum was really worried, because if she wakes up, I don't know what she's going to do, because mm. it's the first time of that environment for her. And... We got back, opened the door, and there's the babysitter with the child, sat there on the sofa together, perfectly fine, no worries at all. Yeah. It, 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 I, I think the baby maybe picks up some anxiety. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. From you, yeah. and knows, also, a bit like in the night crying, if it cries out for daddy or mummy, you know, if, he knows if it cries long enough, they're going to come. But as soon as they realise that that doesn't work, yeah. what's the point in crying anymore? It's just there's all these different obstacles to, to going out because this is what we're talking about essentially is how as parents can you go out and yeah. have a social life of your own? You know, not no, I don't think anybody here or anyone listening Let's get some tips is planning on going out and um, yeah. going out on the lash every night of the week. Yeah. But just once in a while, you know, going out for dinner yeah. or whatever. And so, it seems to me there are so many different obstacles. There's the feeding obstacle because Ben is still being breastfed, yeah. so you've got to kind of overcome that. There's a separation anxiety obstacle. You've got to come over, overcome that. The how does he go to sleep obstacle. It's all these different things that you've got to t- kind of tick off. And it always feels like yeah. if you conquer one, it almost makes another worse. And yeah. it's just it's a real presumably maze. though. This is the, the kind of this, this, the sage thing to say is that presumably you all went through it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think my boy's any any different to any other kid out there. I'm sure everyone. And does I it. think it's also it's. it's um, if you go on to have a second child, you don't have the same issues at all. You, you, really? you have issues of having just, it, it becomes that much more complicated having two kids to take care of because then it's not just a simple thing yeah. uh, who for like a family member to take care of them or something because there's two of them rather than just one. But all the all those things that you're experiencing right now about, oh, you know, can I leave? They cry for 10 minutes when I'm not in the room and all this sort yeah. of thing. The second one, you'll just go, oh, they'll be fine. <laughs> And you do, you do. Yeah, the the, the second ones I've and later this. ones, it's almost like you just leave them to bring themselves up. You yeah. just do that and you, you wonder why on earth. Yeah. By the time you get to the second one, you go, why why did I fret about that? It's all fine. They're I'm fine. The, they're I'm not, the not going to die for crying for 10 Absolutely, minutes. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm sure we'll get past it eventually. Yeah. But it's interesting you say that because I'm the third of four and I was having a conversation with my sister who's quite a lot older than me last night. I was with her. And um, she was talking about the fact that sort of myself and my younger brother in particular, the fourth of four, I mean, he really did just bring himself in. fact, I remember him making a joke about it in his wedding speech. My mum and dad are sitting there and he said, I would thank my mum and dad, but basically I've brought myself up. <laughs> and he was joking, of course. Yeah. But, um, but it's interesting how that she was, my sister was suggesting that actually that kind of informs the personality of, of those kind of yeah. kids who come mm. along later in the later in life. But they actually are just a bit more self-assured, maybe a yeah. bit more confident, a bit more independent. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Because you kind of learn to be, because you yeah. just well, I'm all right. I can I can look after myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's very funny though. We always say, you know, my friends who've got two two children or more. It's you do have when when you have the little the the second one. Or, uh, it is a case of. Um, 
you just think now you've got a toddler or older to deal with and all yeah. their sort of things and you're actually being directed by them and the baby just sort of comes along for the ride I mean, quite frankly yeah, you just yeah. you don't um, think about it in the same way so yeah I mean we must be getting I close to are. our end of time I yeah. mean you know if you are able to uh, sort out some childcare then you, you're, you're laughing <laughs> yeah. uh, you know yeah. uh, and tonight grandma is looking after Jackson Ooh. and uh, me and my wife going out for dinner Crikey. but we obviously we booked a table for six o'clock for dinner because that's what you do when you've got children you go out for dinner a lot <laughs> earlier because you're exhausted get and, home before and do you spend your whole time talking about your children when you go out as well I, I yeah I mean that's a yeah I mean of course you do because it's the biggest yeah. thing going on in your life but I mean yeah we, we all do that but we'll also what we do is we get our diaries and get our diaries out because that's a rare occasion where we can sit there and go right what's planned what's coming up we, we both know what each other are doing oh, um, but if you can't get childcare, sounds like Big Fish, Little Fish might be a good one it's to go to. It's a very good option. Everyone yeah. can go to that. It's all over the UK and Australia. Australia? Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Great. It's quite a job. Um, so yeah, there's a website. Oh, can... uh, yeah, Big Fish, Little Fish Events, laurel.co.uk and Facebook page, Dimly Big Fish, Little Fish Events and Twitter, BFLF Events, Instagram, all that sort of thing. And in fact, we've got... There's only one in December. We've got our New Year's Eve parties sold out in London and the V&A one sold out, but there's one in Edinburgh okay, that isn't nice. quite sold out. A hog mini on uh, the 31st. So, right. Great. Who's playing in Edinburgh? That's a very good question. I don't <laughs> okay, know I'm sure it's a, information will be available on the yeah, website. Yeah, there's, there's all sorts there of will be some music, I'm sure. There yeah. will be some music yeah. and fun to uh, be had. Okay. Marvellous. Great. And, Great if, um, and if you're li- well, if you're listening to this ahead of New Year's Eve, because I think hopefully that you hopefully you will be listening to this between during the gap between Christmas and New Year. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, New Year's Eve is you know sort of famously a bit of a nightmare for many people, not yeah. just not just parents. But hopefully you can find a way to enjoy your New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, you know, kids exactly. or not. Enjoy, and, and invite some parents for kids to your house. That's that my seems answer. to be a that good That is yeah. my answer. And have a lovely, lovely New Year. And thanks for listening and supporting First Time mm. Dads this year. And we'll be back in January with some tremendous guests. And yeah, we've got, got some up. really good stuff coming up, so please do keep listening. Okay. Thanks okay. very much, Hannah. Thank you. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.